All right, Shabbos, say good morning. Let us, let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Share to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Elul. Shane and Avram Kelman for dedicating all the Shimon Joshos this month in honor of Yechil's engagement to Alana Falik and in memory of their parents, Shulman Bernice Kelman and Alexander and Federica David Zichron Lubracha. To thank Barak, Maya, and Sandy Hoffman, Dora Limas, and Avi Malami for dedicating all the Shurim this month in memory of Ruvain. Ben Emanuel Zichron Levracha. To thank Ayal Steinberg, Ayal and Sarah Steinberg, for dedicating the Shurim this month in Schosser of Fushalim of Fushulamis Bas Susha. To thank the Dafyomi Shir for dedicating the Shurim this month in the Schosser of Fushalim of Yehuda Ben Michal. To thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Louis Goldberg, to de- sponsoring the Week of Learning in honor of the engagement of his grandson, Eli Bogart. To Rivi Galaskov. And to thank our Day of Learning sponsor, Steve Galaskov, in honor of his daughter Rivi's engagement to Ellie Bogart of Baltimore, Mazeltov. Mazeltov, Mazeltov. Beautiful. Well, so with that, let us begin. All right, we have a lot to do today, Baruch Hashem. Today's gap is Ayin 70. We are picking up at On Samich Test on the base 69B. Let's just pick up at the Gemara. Keep it, keep it, keep it simple. Which is also where we left off, I think. So I just, uh, I just wanted to make it sound like we got a little further than we did. So, so we left off. We left off with the Gemara on some of Testament days. So let's remember again. The Mishnah introduced us to a fascinating case of Hamashlish Maos Libito. A man goes ahead and deposits money for his daughter in the hands of a third party. The daughter then says, daughter gets married, and again, as Rashi pointed out over here in the in the Mishnah. The goal over here was that this was either to be to purchase a field or for Nadunya or for dowry purposes. The daughter goes ahead and says, give it to my husband. I trust my husband. He'll go ahead and take care of this. Remember again, we had a machlokis in the Mishnah as to what to do in such a situation like this. So ultimately again, Rabbi Meir says, no, the agent, the third party was entrusted with a particular shlichos. He should carry through on that shlichos. Rabbi Yossi on the other hand says, look, at the end of the day, it's fine. So carry through on the shlichos, buy the field. Once she gets the field, what could she do? What could she do? She could sell it anyway and give the money to her husband. So Lamaisa, what, what, really, what are you really saving by not following her wishes? Therefore, Rabbi says, if she wants the money given to her husband, ultimately, again, give it to her husband. The Mishnah then qualified that ruling and said, when is this true? With the Gidola, but ultimately, again, with the Kitana, her actions are meaningless. Now, we don't know what that phrase is going on. We're going to talk about that in the Gibara. A man goes ahead and gives money to a third party, and the third party is in charge of purchasing a field for the man's daughter. So Ruven gives, gives money to a Shaliach, to go ahead and purchase a field for his daughter Rachel. So ultimately, again, so, and she says, listen, give the money to my husband. She says to the third, she says to the shaliach, just give the money to my, to my husband. My husband will take care of everything. So the shaliach will say, what should we do? So from now, interesting, the Brisa qualifies this a little bit differently. After she's already had Nisuin, so she's a fully married woman. So the Maisa, okay, so she has the rishos to say that, give the money to my husband. But ultimately, again, an Erisin, an Erisin, the Shaliach should not hand over the money. The Shaliach should do as he was commanded. This is the position of Rabbi Meir. So Rabbi Meir's fundamental distinction is between Erisin 
and Nisuin. Erisin, we don't listen to the girl. We, the Shaliyah does what he was charged to do. Nisuin, he can give it over to the husband. Rabbi Yosef Yosef says, no, no, no. Hagidola, beimin hanisuin, beimin ha'irisin, harishos biyada. Kitana, beimin hanisuin, beimin ha'irisin, yasashlish, mashloshlash biyada. So we'll say, interestingly enough, Rabbi Yosef, on the other hand, says, the distinction is not between the stages of marriage. The distinction is what? The age of the girl. If we're talking about a kitana, whether the kitana is in erisin or nisuin, lemaisa, lemaisa, the shaliach should do as he was charged to do. If she's a gidola, then whether it was erisin or nisuin, the shaliach should follow the instructions of the girl. My benayu. So we'll say, what's not familiar between these two approaches? First white line. Maybe you'll say the fundamental distinction is a case of kitana who is in nisuin. Rabbi Meir holds that, look, once she's in Nisuin, she has a right to dictate to the Shaliach what to do with the money. And Rabbi Yossi comes along and says, listen, it doesn't matter Nisuin or Irisin, what matters ultimately, again, is the age of the girl. So even if she's in Nisuin, but she's a Kitano, we let the Shaliach hold on to the money and do as he was charged to do. However, here's the problem. Amos Seifa, remember again, let's go back to that strange last line of the Mishnah. What was the last line of the Mishnah? But a Kitana, her actions are meaningless. So man katonila. Who who is the author? Or literally, again, in, according to whose position does that line make sense? Or who's the author of that line? So even Rabbi Yossi, if it's Rabbi Yossi, Hamereisha Shamas Mina, the Am Rabbi Yossi, Bichi Eina Ela Sada, Remember again, what did Rabbi Yossi say? Rabbi Yossi, in the beginning of the Mishnah, listen. Shaliyah, just give the money over to the, to the girl, or give it over to her husband, because anyway, we're going to buy a field, we're going to buy a field, she's going to get the field, she's going to sell it and give the money to her husband anyway. So what are you accomplishing? So we'll say, for Rabbi Yossi to make that statement, he has to say what? Obviously, that statement only makes sense if what? If we're talking about a gidola. Why? Because in order for Abiyosi's statement to make sense, you have to be talking about a girl or a woman who has the ability to sell something, who has the ability to engage in transactions, only a gidola, not a kitana. Ella, Rabbi Meiri, rather it must reflect the view of Rabbi Meiri. That last line must be in accordance with Rabbi Meir. And there's a piece missing from the Mishnah, and here's how you are to read the Mishnah. Here we go. Yasa ashalish when we say that the shaliach should do that which he is entrusted to do, i.e., he was entrusted to buy a field for Rachel, for the daughter, he should execute that, that shlichus, and he should not just simply hand over the money to the girl. When is that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mina irisin. When is that true? That's true when the girl is only in the state of irisin. Aval min suin but ultimately, again, if, if already Rachel is in Nisuin and she's saying, just give the money to my husband, he will take care of everything, then ultimately, again, the shalish, the shaliach, should, should, should follow her instructions. However, a further qualification, when is that true? That we listen to the girl from Nisuin, right? When is that true? Bigdola, when she's an adult. Ava Biktano. I will say ultimately again, so now what, what, we see what just happened over here, a double qualification. So I will say, so ultimately again, 
when do we listen to the girl? Aleph, when it's Nisuin. Interesting, if you would have thought the order would have been a little bit different, but in other words, I would have thought the order is, when do we listen? Well, no. When do we listen to her? Only from Nisuin and if she's a Gidola. She's a Gidola, which, which makes sense. In other words, Nisuin fully married, Gidola full maturation. So Lamaisa, she says, listen, don't buy me the field. My husband runs uh, the finances, or he runs the army, or he's in charge of uh, you know, property acquisitions. Give the money to him. Give the money to him. So we'll say it must be that Allah when I saw the case of Gidola Mina Iris and is an Afkamina. Itmar Rabbi Huda Amar, so listen to this. Itmar Rabbi Huda Amar Shmuel Halach Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Huda is saying in the name of Shmuel that the Halacha follows Rabbi Yossi. Rava Am Rav Nachman Halacha Rabbi Meir. Rava sending Rav Nachman the Halacha follows Rabbi Meir. So we'll say, so how do we paskin? I'm actually going to send this out to you a little bit later because it's actually a really interesting Rambam. The Rambam writes, this is in Hilchos Ishus Parachaf. We'll say what's really great, uh, the, whole, the whole last Gemara has all been the same parak in the Rambam. So it just happens to be, if you want to do a nice little Chazara of the Halachas, the pertinent Halachas of the last few days, Hilchos Ishus Parachaf, it's all there. I will say, someone asked me a couple of days ago why I'm always quoting the Rambam and not the Shulchan Aruch. Um, so the truth is, the reason just is, a lot of times just in the formulation of the Halacha, the Rambam often quotes more elements of the Sugya in his, in his formulation of the Halacha. So when you read the Rambam, the Rambam picks up, you know, the Shulchan Aruch often just states a Halacha. doesn't necessarily give you any of the context of the sugya. I, I feel that for learning the daf and for getting halacha lamaisa, looking at a Rambam is always a, a little, I think, a little bit more helpful. But you should just know, when I'm quoting through the Rambam, it's also because the Shulchan Aruch Paskin is the same way. If the Shulchan Aruch were to Paskin differently than the Rambam, I would, I would share that with you. So listen to this halacha. Mishat Sivalos is Labito Kach Vikach Mos Laparnasasa. Likach ben Karka, Ben Shayesh Chimira, Ben Shayabari Umes, Vahari Hamos Biyad Hashlish. Stephen the Rambam like, like expounds on the case a little bit, which is not important for our purposes. Ruvain the father gives money over to a third party so that the third party should purchase should purchase Karka for the daughter. Now again, the Rambam says, maybe the father is a shchiv merah, he's on his deathbed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Point over here is, father gave it over, and I will say, so what's the halacha? Now, father died, by the way. The other point of this, in this in the, and we're going to see why this is important in the next piece of Gemara. Father's dead. So now what's happening? Shaliach is vested with an agency to go in and purchase this land for Rachel, the daughter of Ruvain. Rachel, Rachel says, what does Rachel say? Just give the money to my husband. I don't want you, don't, don't, don't purchase property for me. Give the money to my husband, he'll take care of it. So ultimately, again, and she says, give the money, give the money to my husband. So what's Talacha? What's Talacha? So what's happening to Adam Paskins? Adam Paskins, which makes sense if you have both criteria are met, namely that she is a Gidola and she has Nisuin. We listen to her. But however, if she's an Arusa, even if she's a Gidola, then what? Ultimately, again, Ultimately, again, if she's an Arusa, even if she's a Gidola, ultimately the Shaliach should do what he was entrusted to do. Similarly, if she's a Gidola, 
Shaliach does not listen to her, but rather executes his agency. So therefore, I will say, the Rebbe Paskins, just like the Gemara says, pretty much like Rabbi Meir, that in order for her to get the money, she has to be a Gedola and Nisuin. If either one of those two criteria are not met, Shalish, the Shaliach holds on to the money, executes in accordance with the wishes of Ruvain. Beautiful. Let's go right there. But I'll say an interesting story here. Elfa, Talanafshei Be'eskarya Demakusa. Ilfa, Ilfa, Ilfa was suspending himself from the mast of a ship. From the mast of a ship. Okay, now watch this, watch this. What did he say? Amar, If anyone could come and tell me a ruling of Rabbi Chir Rabbi and I can't find a support for their ruling from a Mishnah, Nefila Me'iskarya Vetavana. I will let myself fall from the mast and drown in the sea. All right, shtickle drama over here, right? right so what's, what, what is this? What is this? So first of all, I will say, take a look at Rashi. Ilfa, Shem Chacham. Is name of Tamut Chacham. Talanav, Shei Gufa de Ovdum Mesechas Tanis, Mishum Da, Suod Rabbi Yochanan Beresha, Kishalach Ilfa Beschora. So I will say, so now listen, listen to this. Um, listen to, listen to, so look at, then Amr Kalman Da'asi, look at Rashi. So Rashi says we are something absolutely amazing. Rashi says, why is he suspending himself in the mast of a ship? Kilomar, Afa pi shalachti b'schora, lo shachachti talmudi. This is so incredible. What does the ship represent? What does the ship represent? Commerce. Ilfa went into business. He went into business. The previous Rashi records the whole discussion of Masechah's Tainis, Ultimately, again, that Ulfa could have been the Rashi Shiva, but he went into business, and instead they appointed Rabbi Yochanan as the Rashi Shiva. So I will say, this is incredible. When Ulfa was suspending himself from the mast of the ship, essentially what he was showing was, the fact that I went into business in no way diminished my excellence in Torah, which I will say is such a profound idea, that sometimes we think that in life, there was like an either or. Either I could be a great Talmud Chacham, and that's like to the exclusion of being part of the world, right? To the exclusion of having a career, to the exclusion of being financially successful, or I could be financially successful and be a part of the world and be accomplished. But that's to the exclusion of my Torah knowledge. Now the truth is, the Gemara, I've mentioned this before, the Gemara has a beautiful expression of lo kal adam ochel al most people don't eat at two tables. What are the two tables? The two tables, one table is the table of spiritual accomplishment, Torah accomplishment. The second table is the table of financial accomplishment. Most people don't eat at both tables. I will say, the reason why most people don't eat at both tables is why? Because most people don't push themselves hard enough. But Lamaisi, you can't eat at both tables, right? They say you can't dance at two chasanas. It's not true. Certain, certain two chasanas you can. You can dance at the chasana of Torah accomplishment, the Torah of, and the chasana of material accomplishment as well. You have to work really, really hard, but it's possible. But it's possible. I will say this is so important because sometimes, again, we think that if I have a job, if I have a job, I have a day job, that exempts me from becoming a Talmud Chacham. I just have to be a balabas. I don't have to be a Talmud Chacham. Not true. Not true. Every Jew has an obligation to try to become a Talmud Chacham. Whether I become one or not is a different discussion. But I have to try. I have to try. Se'ilfa is making this dramatic display. 
Right? Just dramatic display. Right? I would say, suspending himself by the mast of the ship. Essentially, what he's saying is, ask me anything. Ask me anything. Specifically, what he's saying is, ask me any ruling of Rabbi Chir and I will prove them, I will support them from Mishnah. And again, the ship representing commerce, I am rooted in commerce. But that in no way has led to the diminution of my Torah knowledge, my, my excellence in Ruchnius. And if not, I'll let myself drown. That's probably a bit hyperbolic, but, but again, he was trying to make a point. So what happens? So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says as follows. So, uh, good. An old man came along, and asked the following question. We'll say a very interesting case. A father comes along and says like this, right? Ruvain comes along and says, he's, now, now he's, making, he's making an arrangement over here. He's making an arrangement over here for his sons, even after his death. Or it could be even during his, during his lifetime. The point is, he says over here, he says to a third party, Give my son, give my son a shekel. Rachi says over here, shekel, the equivalent of that is a, chas, a half a sela. Give a half a sela to my son each week for his support. Okay? Here's the only problem. The sons, the sons really need a sela. Really need a sela for their support. So the father says to the third party, Give my kid, give my kids, my boys, a half a cella, but the boys really need a whole cella to be able to, to take care of their needs. So what's that, huh? No stimulum cella, we give a cella. Why, why do we give a cella if the father only said half a cella? Because we assume, what did the father mean? What, did, what, what is the father telling the third party? I support my sons. I want my sons to be supported. Give them what they need. So we assume the father said a half a cella, but what he meant was support. Half a cell was just an expression. What he meant was support. Vim Amar. However, listen to this. Now Rashi says over here, no some stuff look at the wide lines of Rashi. Three lines when they get wide. Had the father known that food became more expensive, he would have given his sons the full cell. However, listen to this. However, Vim Amar Al Shekel. listen to this. If he phrased it differently, if he said, Do not give my sons more than a shekel. So we'll say, in this case, what he's doing is, you see, when the father says, give my sons the shekel, we kind of look at that statement as a floor. As a floor. This is what I think they need. But should they need more, give them more. When he says, do not give my kids more than a shekel, then that statement is what? A ceiling. And if it's a ceiling, you can't give them more than a shekel. And also, a shekel. Listen to this. Vim Amar, imesu listen to this. If the father says that if my sons pass away, I want so and so to inherit the right to that shekel, then bein shamer tnu, bein shamer al titnu, inoslim el shekel. Then whether the father said give them a shekel or don't give them more than a shekel, we only give them a shekel. Why? Here's what's interesting. Because since the father explicitly articulated about what happens with this support if his sons were to die, and he's assigning that interest to someone else, indicates to us what that he wants something residual left in the estate. So because he wants something residual left in the estate to, to pass on to someone after his sons, therefore we assume that he is explicitly limiting the support to the shekel. Amazing. So Amrleib, so this old man says to Amemar, sorry, to Ilfa, excuse me, Amr, so Amrleib Hamani, or I should say Amemar says back, who is this? Top of Ayin, Rabbi Meiri, 
This is Rabbi Meir, the Amar Mitzvah Lakayim Divrei Hames. Right, Rabbi Meir is of the opinion that Halach Lamaisa, Halach Lamaisa, it is a mitzvah to go ahead and uphold the words of the deceased. Amar of Chista, Armar Okva, Hilchasa. The truth is, the real Halacha is Bein Shamar Tnu, Bein Shamar Al Titnu, Nostnin Lahem Kol Tzarcham. So, what's the way we pass Halach Lamaisa? Whether the father said in this case. Only give the kids a shekel. Or, or say, whether he said, give them a shekel or do not give them more than a shekel. If it turns out that they really need a sella for their support, then what do we do? We give them a sella. I, the Gemara said, but one second. But you just said before they passed like Rabbi Meir. And what does Rabbi Meir say? It is a mitzvah to uphold the words of the deceased. And Rabbi said, let's go back for just a moment. If the father said that what? Do not give them more than a shekel. Then how can you add on to that? Listen to this. <laughs> Ultimately, again, that is true in other areas. <laughs> At the end of the day, if a father is stipulating support for his sons, then Bepashtus, what does he want? What does he want? He wants them to be supported. <laughs> he wants them to be supported. So if he lowballed support and he said only give them a shekel, a half a cella, but they need a whole cella, we understand that if he's already going out of his way to stipulate support, then Lamaisa, he wants them to be supported. So if they need not half a cella, but a whole cella, that's what we'll do. As Rabbi say begs the question, which is, if that's the case, then why didn't the father just say to the shlish, give my kids support? Why did he stipulate a lower amount? Rabbi said, it's incredible. Rabbi said, this is incredible. Ultimately, again, so why did the father articulate a lower amount? Because he doesn't want his sons to simply rely on handouts. In other words, he said a lower amount. In order, look at Rashi, just a moment. Number one, he, was, he wanted them. In other words, it's good for a kid to think that the trust fund doesn't have all of the money he needs, right? It's good, it's good. So it's good for the son to think, ah, you know, my father left me an allowance, left me an amount, but it's not enough, all right, I'm gonna have to hustle a little bit. It's good to hustle. Furthermore, that's Aleph, number one. Number two, the kid shouldn't eat whatever he wants. He should think twice about what he's spending money on. So it's interesting. So the way we interpret the father's statement is that the father wants his son to be supported. And therefore, if the amount articulated does not cover the needs of the son, we assume that the father meant an increase in that amount. So he, he said, give my kid a shekel, but every a half a cella, but everyone knows that you need a full cella. Okay, that's the amount we're gonna give them. But father, but father, why don't you just say what you mean? There's an element of chinuch over here. The father is not saying a lower amount, Aleph, because he wants the sons to hustle. Bays because he wants them not to be gluttonous in their behaviors. Beautiful. Tanan Hasam Hapuatos Mekhan Mekah Umemkara Nemkar. Shabbos says, Listen to this. The Puatos. Who are the Puatos? Or Puatos, Rashi says, Tinokos Benetesha Ushmona. We'll say these are children of eight, nine years old. The idea over here of a child who's eight, nine years old is they've reached some level of maturity. Granted that they're still kitanim, but lamaisa, they're not kitanim, kitanim. Right? They're old enough to have some level of das. Listen to this. Hapuatos mekhan mekach, umemkaran memkar. So young children, their sale is a sale. I should say their purchase is a purchase. Their sale is a sale. 
What happens if Sorry. And so their purchase is a purchase, their sale is a sale when it comes to movable property. Look at Rashi. So says we're going to as, as the is going to suggest. Here's what's fascinating. If a child is eight or nine years old and 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 displays some level of, of intellectual agility, right, and some level of intellectual acumen, so again his his transactions will be valid in the talpulin, but not karka. Not karka. I'm a rap from rap from so Let's qualify this. This is only true if there's not patropis. So let's say again. So let's say the kids, boys, eight nine years old, inherit an estate, and now they're selling stuff. They're selling stuff. So now the Gemara says, when it comes to metaltolin, ultimately their transactions will be binding and valid. When it comes to karka, not so. Raphim comes along and says, by the way, that's only if there's not an apotropis, an executor, someone in charge of the estate. Avalyishim apotropis in mekar 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 But ultimately, if there's an apotropis, the kids are not really, are not really legally allowed to do anything. So the Gemara says, Mimai, from where do I know this from? Mediktani, because we'll say, what did the Mishnah say? Ain my sekitanic loom. We'll say, remember again, the Mishnah, and our Mishnah, we're talking about a similar case. What we're talking about, there's money in the hands of a shlish, right? There's money in the hands of a third party. Money in the hands of a third party. So ultimately, what did the Mishnah say? The actions of a kitana are absolutely meaningless. Svidilma, heicha di'ika shlish shiny. Maybe the case of a shlish is a little bit different. Right? Let the Mishnah say, in the case of a Kitano, let the Shlish do what he was entrusted to do. My ain, my Sikitana Klum. What does it mean that the actions of a Kitano are meaningless? Shmamina Afilu Ba'alma. Both say, comes to teach us that any time that there is an apotropis like figure in the lives of the Kitanim, the actions of the Kitanim are never legally or halachically binding. So here you see something very interesting. You could potentially have a scenario where a katan is transacting some level, is trans, tra- transacting transactions, doesn't make sense, right? Transacting business, transacting business. When can you have a situation? Interestingly enough, in a case of a boy who's eight or nine years old, so somewhat, somewhat, somewhat mature, he could deal with metaltalin, not karakal. But the moment that there is an apotropis, in other words, the moment that there is an adult who is involved and responsible for the finances, ultimately that removes any transaction abilities from the children. And indeed, that is how he passed Kaloch. So I'll say, Hadron Aloch, Mitzias Isha, Mazeltov, Mazeltov, Hamadiris Ishto, Nedehanos Lo Adlam, so I'll say, listen to this interesting case. A man makes a nether, man makes a nether, that his wife cannot get any benefit from him. And I both say, beforehand, we were talking about Hanoaz Tashmish, right? That's not this. That's not this. This is more in terms of like a support or earnings capacity. So a man makes a nether, a man makes a nether, that look at Rashi just a moment. So I both say, so what we're talking about over here sounds like what we're talking about is support. That's what it sounds like. So a man makes a nether, essentially saying that his wife is not permitted to get support from him. That's what it sounds like. So the Gemara says, parnis. So we'll say, if the nether goes up to 30 days, fine. What could he do? He could support her through a third party. 
What does it mean to support it through a third party? Exactly what it sounds like. Give the third party money, and that third party will give the wife the money. That way, she's supported not from the husband, but, but from the from the agent. Again, we'll we'll, we'll question the Gemara. Yes, Semikan, Ksuva. We'll say if he makes an edit for more than thirty days, this is already again a little shtigal abnormal. I mean. 30 days is abnormal already, but 30 days, we're willing to give them the time to kind of work this through. More than 30 days, the Gemara says, this is not a sustainable marriage, and therefore, the Allah says, he has, to, he has to divorce her and ultimately pay her her ksuba. Okay, so the Gemara says, who don't marry? This is, well, it depends. Right? Ksuba. So we'll say, Rabbi Huda says, he makes an interesting distinction. If it's Yisrael, if it's Yisrael, inachinami, we'll go like this. If the nether is from, for one month, ultimately, again, he could sustain her through a third party. More than one month, you have to divorce her, give her a ksuba. If the nether is up to two months, ultimately, again, will allow him to, to do this, to, to sustain her through a third party. But if it's more than two months, i.e. the nether extends into a third month, then he has to divorce her and give her a ksuba. Rabbi say, why does Rabbi Huda make a distinction between a Kohen and a Yisrael? Very simple. Because if Yisrael divorces his wife and then has a change of heart, then what? He could remarry her. A Kohen cannot. So essentially what we're doing over here, says Rabbi Huda, is we're going to give the Kohanic couple a little bit more time to work this through. See, here's what's interesting. The Gemara obviously sees when a husband is making a nether that I'm not going to support you. Right? You can't derive any benefit from me. Obviously, there's something wrong in the marriage. So essentially what the Gemara is saying, what the Mishnah is saying is, we're going to give them some time to resolve it. If they can't resolve it, the husband should divorce his wife and give her a ksuba. All Rabbi Huda is saying is by a coin. And again, I will say there, there's kind of like, and again, what's the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is they get, they get divorced. They have a change of heart. They can get remarried, assuming she doesn't marry someone else in the interim. They can get remarried by a coin where you don't have that recourse. You don't have the ability to get back together after divorce. Rabbi Huda just says, give them a little bit more of a, a little bit longer of what? Of a reconciliation window. So let the nether go up to two months for potential reconciliation, up to a third month, then they get divorced. Next. Hamadrus ishto titom Interesting case. Let's say a man, I will say, the Loshnabir is a little bit, is a little bit deceiving. It sounds like a man is making a nether that his wife cannot taste a particular fruit. Now Rashi says, it's actually not the case. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Echamikol HaPeiros, Konim Pri Ploni Alai Vuhu Actually, the case is where she makes a nether. Right? Ruben's married to Rachel. Ruben's married to Rachel. Rachel makes a nether. Konim Alai, I hereby make a nether. Right? That apples should be forbidden to me. Okay? And he says, Amen. You know, he wants to be a supportive husband. Right? So he goes ahead and says, right? He says, Amen. He says, Now, both say, now just, I want to point something out. Remember, when a husband affirms a nether, that's when the nether of wife becomes. So, a husband affirming the nether, as much as the wife is the one that made the nether, the Mishnah sees as the husband making the nether kind of, kind of restricting his wife. So again, he's confirming the nether she made to prohibit herself from a type of fruit. He has to divorce her. He has to divorce her. 
Now again, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. Seems seems pretty 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 severe. We'll see why that is. Rabbi Huda Omri Yisrael Yom Echad Yikayim Shnayim Yotzi Vitink Suba or Bekoin Shnayim Yikayim Ushloshi Yotzi Vitink Suba. So we'll say. So once again, so first I'll point out by the way by the pre by the pre what it sounds like is that there's no like extended duration. Once the husband affirms that nether, there's a day. There's a day. So again, ultimately, again, if you don't find the way out of the nether, you should divorce her and give her a ksuva. Rabbi Huda says, well, if it's Yisrael, give it a day. If it's a Kohen, give it two days. Same idea. Same idea. Next case. Interesting case. Let's say a man makes a nether. Rabbi say once again, once again, it's not the man making the nether. It's the woman making the nether. So Rachel comes along and she says, Konam alai bosemploni. So, for example, she says, Konam alai, I, perfume should be konam to me. I'm not going to wear perfume. Right? I make it, I'm not going to wear perfume. And husband says, husband says, Amen. Amen. Yes, dear. Right? Amen. Yes. Yes. He affirms the nether. So, what's talacha? Yotzivitin ksuva. Once again, I will say, now, again, we do not know why. Or by the how strange is this, right? Lemaisa, he makes a nether not to support her. They've got 30 days to work this through. She makes a nether. I'm not going to wear Perkonamalai. Both not going to wear perfume. He says, I mean, boom, boom. Yotzibi tink suba. Divorce, right? Pre, Yotzibi, Yotzibi, suba. Rabbi Yossi, Omer, so Rabbi Yossi makes an interesting distinction. So Allah is Yotzibi tink Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Ba'anios, Shalom, Nasan, Kitzva. Rabbi Yossi again says something very interesting. It depends, it depends who the woman is. If she's poor, if she's poor, and I will say interestingly enough, remember again, so if she's poor, poor women in general did not necessarily use perfume. And therefore again, the nether is only problematic if it's a nether without an end. Nether without an end. However, Ashiro's, if she's a rich woman, the, the problematic creation of the nether is 30 days. Take a look at Rashi. Last Rashi in the Mishnah. Actually, not last Rashi. Sorry. Ba'aniyos shlo nasan kitzvah. Be'isha aniyah imlo nasan kitzvah ladavar. So we'll say, if the woman is poor, and she made this nether, right? That perfume should be konam. Konam is a lashon of nether. Right? She should, she should, I read that, that perfume should be asura to me. And the nether was made without duration. Admasa asrala. Sulegmar says, Hu di otibi ting suva. Aval nasan kitzvah so what's interesting is if she's a pauper, the only time this neder triggers the need for immediate divorce and ksuva is when? Is when if there was no time limit put on the neder. If it was just the neder, the olam vayed. But if there was a time limit put on the neder, just wait until the time limit and there's no need for divorce and ksuva. However, again, if the woman was rich, Rashi says, and therefore... She was, she was accustomed to putting on perfume. The maximum duration of the nether is 30 days. More than 30 days, we would force them to get divorced. Less than 30 days, ultimately, we are now the nether to kind of play out. Good. Let's go back. So we'll say, we're going to focus now on the first part of the Mishnah. What was the first part of the Mishnah? A man makes a nether to what? To prevent his wife from getting benefit from him. And we're understanding benefit now as what? Mizonos, support, support. So what did the Mishnah say? What did the Mishnah say? As long as the nether is not more than 30 days, right? What can he do? What can he do? He could support her through a third party. So says the Gemara, V'chevan the Meshubad law, Hechi Matzimadala. One second. How could a husband make a nether not to support his wife? He's obligated to support his wife. And I've also said, we've learned this concept before, that when you make a nether, 
to undermine an, a pre-existing obligation. What's the status of that nether? Null and void. So what's going on over here? Is he believed? Is he allowed to undermine a pre-existing obligation? We learned, here we go. If a man goes ahead and makes a neder, konam, then I'm not going to support you. You don't have to even annul such a neder. Why? Why, Abosai? Because it's invalid. It's invalid. You can't make a neder that runs against the pre-existing obligation. Alma, kevin the mishab delay, love, I'm sorry, this is the opposite case. In other words, this is where she makes a neder, she makes a neder, not to go ahead and bring in certain things to the household. I'm not going to do my domestic responsibilities or bring in whatever. So I will say, again, such an editor is void. Why? Because halacha lemaisa, there's a pre-existing obligation. Therefore, again, amal kevin the mishab delay, lav kol kamini demafka lele shibude. Hachanami, kevin the mishubud la, lav kol kamini demafka lele shibude. So what's going on over here? So how could a husband make a neder? I hear I make a neder, right? I, I, I vow it is usher for me to give any benefit to you. I can't support you. What are you talking about? You have a pre-existing obligation. If a nether runs up, butts up against a pre-existing obligation, the nether is void. Elo, mitok see my secha. See, here's what's interesting about say. The Gemara says, well, there are scenarios where a husband doesn't have to support his wife. What are some scenarios like that? Where he says to her, listen, keep your earnings, keep your earnings, and ultimately, again, I am free from giving you mizonos. Right, you can say that, but remember we had this machlokas, we had this machlokas about how do we view the rabbinic enactment? Is it that Chazal gave the husband earnings and therefore because of that he has to give her mizonos? Or no, they gave him mizonos and therefore he has to give her earnings and it's not just a question of semantics. So for example, he could say to her, he could say to her, listen, you make money, you make money, keep your earnings and I don't have to give you mizonos. Since he could say that, Amadeis, Naseke Omer lo, Si'i ma'aseyadeich b'mizonoseich. Say for Abba, say, here's what's interesting. When a husband makes a neder, right, like the neder in the Mishnah, so, so Reuben makes a neder, Rachel, you, you cannot get any benefit from me. It's not such a big deal, because what is it, what is he effectively saying to her? What is he effectively saying to her? Keep your earnings. Keep your earnings. And when you keep your earnings, ultimately, again, I am freed from a Mizonos obligation. Okay. Then Misalaha. So I'll say, but if that's true, what about the following statement? So the Gemara says, well, okay, so fine, fine. If that's the case, I'll say, if that, if that in fact is true, which I'll say is a very interesting, is, very, is a very interesting approach. But if that in fact is true, the reverse should work as well. Right? Let's say a woman says to her husband, so Rabbi said the name of Rab, Right? Ultimately, again, I'm not accepting mizonos from you, and therefore I'm going to keep my earnings. Then I both say, when she makes an edder, when she makes an edder, right? She says to her husband, I make an edder that I can't give you any benefit. Remember, what did we just say before? When a woman makes such a nether, she doesn't even have to annul the nether. The nether is void. Why is the nether void? Because it runs up against the pre-existing obligation. But one second, you just said that when the husband makes the equivalent nether to his wife, it works. Why does it work? Because it's as if he's saying, keep your earnings, and I'm not going to give you mazonos. Why don't we say the same thing over here? When she makes the nether, it's as if she's saying, keep your mazonos, and I'm going to keep my earnings. 
Why isn't it a valid neder which requires revocation? To which the Gemara says, Since she could say, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to take your support, and therefore I'm not going to give you my earnings. So what's going on over here? So what's this? It's very interesting. Rather, ultimately, again, so remember again, let's keep our eye on the ball. What are we trying to figure out over here? Mishnah began with a case, right? What was the first case of the Mishnah? A man makes a neder prohibiting himself from giving any benefit to his wife. Giving any benefit, we're understanding means what? Means what? Support. Mizonos. How can you even make such a neder like that? How can you make a neder like that? After all, again, you're making a neder that undermines a pre-existing obligation for a husband to support his wife. So the Gemara Swata suggests originally when he makes the neder, that's the equivalent of saying what? Of saying what? Keep your earnings. Keep your earnings and use it for your mizonos. The problem with that explanation is that that should work in both directions and it doesn't work in both directions. So, Ella, lo tema naase, Ella ba'omer la, si'i maase yadech limzonoseich. No, no, no. The Gemara says, that's the actual case of the Mishnah. The case of the Mishnah, where we say that a husband makes a neder, prohibiting his wife from getting benefit, is where he actually says to her, not now, we wanted to say, making the neder, it's like he says to her. The Gemara says, no, no, no. What's the case of the Mishnah? Not, it's like he says to her, but rather what? He says it. He says it to her. Keep your earnings, and I'm not going to give you bazonos. If that's the case, ihachi parnes lamala. So we'll say, why is there a need for a third party? Remember again, what did the Mishnah say? Man makes the neder. I'm not going to support my wife. So what does he do for thirty? If assuming it's within thirty days, right? He goes in and supports her through a third party. But one second, if he's saying to her, keep your earnings, and I'm not going to support you, then why is there any obligation for a third party? Why does he have to support through a third party? First, you might have said sapka. Ultimately, we'll say, why? It's a case where her earnings do not generate enough money for her own support. And therefore, again, what is he doing over here? What is he doing? He has an obligation to make up the shortfall. He'll say, but one second, let's go back for just a second. If so let's play this out. If right, we're saying, now what's the case? What's the case? He's saying to her, keep your earnings. I'm, I'm making a neder. I'm making a neder. Husband, Ruben's making a neder. Rachel, I'm making a neder that, I can't, that you can't get any benefit from me. I'm not going to support you. And essentially, what he, what he then says to her is, keep your earnings in lieu of the Mazonos. But if now we're talking about a case where Rachel does not earn enough money to support herself. So we're back to our original question. Then how does the neder work? Because the neder is still undermining his pre-existing obligation. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 what's the case? When we say ultimately again, she can't support herself, what it means is, Amr Vashi, the Misapakes Ladvarn Gidolim, the Eina Misapakes Ladvarn Kitanim. She makes enough money to take care of the big things, the big things, but not enough money to take care of the small things. Okay, so by the way, what, what, what exactly are small things? Right, Hani Dvarn Kitanim, hey, Chidami. I'll say, what, 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 what are these small things that we're talking about? If these are small things that are just part of her lifestyle, then ultimately, again, small things are big things. And if she's not accustomed to them, then why would the husband be obligated to make up the shortfall? Here we go. This is fascinating. The small things are... Again, the Gemara doesn't, still doesn't define what small things are. I will listen to this. This 
These are small things. These are small things that ultimately, again, she was used to going ahead and receiving in her husband's home. Watch this, Rosa. This is incredible. The Kamagal Golabadei. So we'll say, listen to this. So these are things, I'm sorry, that she was used to from her family's home. Listen to this. She used to from her family's home. So listen to this. We'll say, this is an incredible Gemara. So she says, She engages him in the following conversation. She says, so she's the most incredible. She says to him, listen, when we were living together and you didn't give me these small things, it's fine. We were living together. We were a team. We were a team. Now that you made this nether and we're living apart and you're supporting me from a third party, I'm going to be asking for my due. Right? I'm going to ask you for what I feel I'm actually entitled to. Which I both say, by the way, is such a profound gemara. What the wife is saying is, look, if we're a team and we're in this together and there are certain things I can't have, it's okay. It's okay. Marriage is all about sacrifices. Building life is all about sacrifices. I'm willing to make the sac- necessary sacrifices if we are biyachet, if we're together. But now you're going to pull shtick. Right now, this is, this is where we're holding. Now suddenly you're making the dharm, or you're a big, big shot making the dharm, right? supporting me again by a third party. Now other people are involved in our lives as well. You know what? That's fine. That's fine. By the way, I'm going to need this allowance. I'm going to need that allowance. I'm going to this. I'm going to that. And she says, which, which is such an, which again, this is my simbachol yom. It's my simbachol yom. When, when, when spouses feel part of a marriage, they're willing to make sacrifices for the other because ultimately, again, we have a common goal of building a life together. But the moment that that team, team kite that team kite is gone. That we're not a couple. We're not a unit. We're just two people existing in the same sphere. Then suddenly what happens? I no longer work for us. I work for me. And the wife, by the way, it's not, this is not, the husband did it first. Right? Because remember again, he's the one that started with this nether. So she says, I got it. We're not a team. We're not a team. There's not us. There's you. And there's me. So if there's you and there's me, that's fine. I'm going to take what me, what I am entitled to. Well, say such, such an incredible, incredible gemara. So will say, fine. Now what we've established is that here, 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 here's what we got. Here's what we got. That essentially the husband is making this nether and at the same time is saying to her, keep your earnings, keep your earnings for your mazonos. So if that's the case, why does he need a third party to help support her? Ah, very simple, because what's happening over here? She doesn't make enough money. She doesn't make enough money. Okay, so therefore I will say again, but doesn't, if she doesn't make enough money, again, so that isn't the nether running contrary to his pre-existing obligation? No, she makes enough money for the, for the we'll call it the necessities. Not the necessities, but ultimately, again, the smaller things she doesn't make enough money for, that's where he's obligated to make up the shortfall. Incredible. So we'll say, here's the question. Why is, why is the maximum duration of the nether 30 days? Why 30 days? In other words, why is it that up to 30 days, the nether is fine? In other words, when we say fine, fine doesn't mean fine. But what does fine mean? Fine means you're not going to force them to get divorced. But more than 30 days, he has to divorce her, give her a ksuva, to which the Gemara is incredible, because people don't hear about it for 30 days. For those, and it's not degrading for her. 
Tfei Shomi Ba'in Shibizela Ba'mosa. We will say more than 30 days, people hear about it, and then that's embarrassing for her. And she is not obligated to remain in a marital situation that is embarrassing, humiliating, and degrading for her. So therefore, more than 30 days, we force him to give her a get and divorce. Ibai Yisim, the other possibility is, Kishedir Kishiarusa. Other possibility I'll say is, that what's the case over here? What's the case in the Mishnah? He made this nether when she's in Arusa. Arusa, to which the Gemara says, Mi isle mizone, an Arusa, that there's no support obligation for an Arusa. But one second, there's no support obligation for an Arusa, says the Gemara. What's the case? Oh, Rabbi taking us back to the beginning of Ksuvis. I will say, what's the case? The case is where she's in Arusa. Remember again, but the time for Nisuin came along, and what happens? He didn't marry her. Rabbi say, what happens if the year elapses after Arusa and the husband doesn't marry the wife? What happens? Support obligation is triggered. It's not. First of all, Rabbi say, he gives Mavalonisu if the time for Nisuin came along and they didn't get married. Ocheles Mishlova, Ocheles Petruma. Ultimately, what? Halacha he supports her. So the Gemara suggests that's the case in the Mishnah. The case of the Mishnah, the case of the Mishnah, where ultimately again is making the end, there's a case of Erisin. Well, if that's the case, so ultimately again, so why only 30 days? So in other words, why, 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 is, the, why is the nether capped at 30 days? To which the Gemara says, this is incredible. We'll say this is profound. Because remember again, what happens during the 30 days? The wife is supported through a third party. Now we'll say, what's the maximum amount of time that you could depend on the shaliyah to do a shalichos? 30 days. We'll say, by the way, what a profound piece of human nature. People have difficulty with consistency. Remember when we say people, right? Remember we say people, right? People always sounds like you're talking about someone other than yourself. Right? I will say, what is the greatest struggle we all have in life is consistency. So you says human nature is most people could be consistent in performing a task for up to 30 days. More than 30 days, that's where inconsistency kind of comes in. So therefore a man, now this ruffle support is dependent on the consistency of the shaliyah. How long could we, how long could we count on the shaliyah being consistent? 30 days. 30 days, incredible. The other possibility is, Kishadir Kishiarusa, Benises, the case of Ose ultimate, also be, where he made the Nedir when she was in Arusa, and then they didn't sue him. So Ugar says, Nises, Hasavar Vakibla. We'll say, but one second, if he made this Nedir when she was in Arusa, and then they had Nisuin, they will say, that means that she entered into Nisuin with the understanding that this Nedir was there. Which means, I will say, that what? She accepted, she accepted this Tanai of marriage. If that's the case again, even if the nether goes on past 30 days, why should he have to divorce her? The Amra Kisvura Ani Shiechola Lekabel, Achshav Ein Ani Yechola Lekabel. I will say this is incredible, where she says, you're right, I got married knowing there was a nether, and I thought I could live with this nether. I thought I could live with it. Now I got married and I realized that what? I can't live with it. To which the Imrah say, I understand, I will say, by the way, we're going to see this. That is an interesting thing. If a woman marries a man with a mum, and then after they get married, she says, you know what, I need out. I can't, I can't do this. We said, what do you mean you can't do it? You knew about the mum before he got married. She says, you're right. I knew about the mum. I knew about the mum. I thought I could live with it. I can't. I can't. And so I will say, it's only in mumin that we accept such a tender like that. In finances, we generally would not. In other words, if she gets married with this nether intact, she knows about it. She gets married. She accepts it. She can't turn around and then say, oh, I, I can't live with it. 
Rather, the Gemara says, Elo, nechabarta Therefore, the Gemara says, you're right. We advanced three different answers to understanding the Mishnah. The first two work. The last one doesn't. Rabosai, we will stop over here for today. Shkoyach.